Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-hosts, Chris, today. This episode, we actually waited a little bit after the news that came out and the events that transpired the last week in the NASCAR circuit to record this episode because I really just had to wait for Chris to join me on this. And also, it... it Burned me up for a week, man, and I'll tell you why. Because this Chase Elliott thing, I, I so all intents and purposes, for everyone to understand this, he gets suspended a race uh, for Worldwide Technology, better known as St. Louis, outside of the uh, St. Louis suburbs, for at, for basically conduct on the track and the SMT data of a pit maneuver type situation at Charlotte Motor Speedway during the Coca Cola Six Hundred. Denny Hamlin handles it a certain way through social media and fights his fights on social media. I'm going to go through this, Chris, so bear with me on this rant because this is going to be kind of – I've been waiting for a long, long, long time to talk about this because it's, it's it pissed me off from the time it happened to the time we got the waiver in the race that transpired this week. So, Chris, I appreciate you joining me, bud. Yes, sir. Uh, but I'm going to get right into it here. Obviously, the Coca-Cola 600 gets postponed to Monday in honor uh, because of the rain and the situation that transpired with the weather. It gets pushed. It goes on to it. If you watch the race, probably the longest drag-out race of all time. Congratulations to Ryan Blaney, YRB. Very nice run. Car was dominant all day long. Very nice job for Penske to 1-2 the weekend of the Indy 500. Uh, Great race by Joseph Newgarden. Phenomenal race by Joseph Newgarden, by the way. But back to the important part of this. If you watch the events that transpired in that whole segment of laps, we're not even in the series of a lap with like less than 20 to go. We're racing each other hard and stupid. Okay, for starters, that's a big problem I have. Two, Danny Hamlin pushes Chase Elliott up the track to the point where he pretty much has fenced him. Fences the guy not once, not twice, possibly a third time. It's arguable about the third time. The, the sequence that transpired after that is that Chase gets off the wall, which, by the way, if anyone's ever driven these cars in any type of simulator or anything else, they're really difficult to get off the wall. They stick. They, they just suck to the wall. So the SMT data shows as well that he basically takes a really hard hook off the wall and hooks right in the right rear of Denny Hamlin, sending him into the fence and ending Denny Hamlin's day and basically wrecking his own car. The reason why I'm talking about this topic is because NASCAR got this shit completely wrong in so many ways. And Chris, I ready? Here we go. For starters, to allow an owner driver to have the SMT data, which everybody's allowed to have nowadays, the SMT data, I'll let you expand on this later when we get to talking about this, being public knowledge and putting it on social media after the fact 
which by the way, even Jeff Gordon, not Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt talked about it on the download, how he literally texts Denny 15 to 20 minutes after it has to go. And you see in the SMT data and literally he says, I'm pulling it up right now. He puts a message on Twitter, social media, and knowingly that he basically is going to put NASCAR in a box to rule a certain way. Listen, the data is clear in my view. It, But at the same time, you have to watch the totality of circumstances in that situation. I'm not saying that Chase Elliott did or didn't do it on purpose. I'm saying that there's obviously more to it than just the data itself. And I would have dragged their, the old Mike Hilton days, dude, of me dragging your ass into the hauler after the race or during the race because, hell, they're both wrecked. I would have dragged their ass into the hauler. But that didn't happen. Denny Hamlin posted that on social media. It basically lays NASCAR's case upon the table, and he gets suspended a race. Uh, I think it comes out, what, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, I believe. Chris, I could be wrong. Is that Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, normally Wednesday is when the uh, – Yeah, I wasn't sure because of the holiday. Up. I wasn't sure if the holiday with the way things were playing out there. And the race was on Monday, so I thought they were going to wait a day or two. But either way, he gets a race suspension. It's a big hoopla. And on by Thursday, Friday, he applies for a waiver to still make the, the playoffs. And I'm literally going, then what in the fucking purpose of suspending the driver for a race then? What is the fucking purpose? I mean, legitimately, what? You're going to take the most pot, arguably, arguably, allegedly, the most popular driver in NASCAR. I'm saying that allegedly because, sorry, but I have to say that the number 12 car is by far. This is the fact that NASCAR stepped on the banana peel here and with the waiver, and I'm just not enthused by any means of the imagination on how NASCAR got this goal completely wrong. If a driver did something so detrimental to the conduct of the racing sport and the sporting code to wreck his own competitor and not just wreck him, but it hard right rear and pit maneuver him into the wall and almost have, you know, pretty much an injury situation uh, potentially. And they still didn't do anything about it. Um, it's probably in my view, one of the biggest blunders that NASCAR could ever do. And it's we can look at other events that transpired this past weekend, which we will hear shortly, because we saw moments of the racing code in the racing brotherhood kind of enforce themselves with in Portland. And we see these drivers basically get a microphone in their face all weekend about this scenario. And basically they take the I say the cop out. And they really didn't answer the question because it's happened to guys. Ask Kyle Bush, ask Bubba Wallace, ask guys that have taken it upon themselves to police actions on the racetrack and they get in the, re the recommend for it. But yet at the same time, in cases like this, because someone posted an SMT data on the on social media, it forced NASCAR's hand. Chris, you still there, bud? I'm still I, here. I know I went on a little long tangent. I am so sorry, bud. Um, but at the same time, man, I want to hear your thoughts on this whole scenario. Because yeah, at, at so, the same at the same time, dude, like this is kind of a stupid moment for NASCAR. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a multifaceted thing. Um, I think, and I was sitting here while while you while you were while you were ranting, and I thought about something that that um, you know I had read and you know through the years, and and some and, and I think somebody said poignantly that you know back in 2013 when uh, the whole 
uh, race manipulation deal at Richmond happened with uh, um, with uh, Michael Waltrip Racing and Martin Truex Jr. and Clint Boyer, that was kind of the catalyst for, you know, which ultimately led to them adding a 13th car into the playoffs. That really kind of broke the broke the camel's back when it came to the idea of, hey, this is how things, yeah, you know, hey, we can we can artificially change the playoffs essentially, or change how we dictate how guys get in the playoffs. That the idea that okay, just because that, that there was a situation or scenario, you know, I think that that's kind of been that was really kind of the change that came to NASCAR was was that back you know basically 10 years ago and then you look at uh you look at Kyle Busch's first championship in 2015 you know he he breaks his leg uh, in the Xfinity series opener at Daytona misses what was you know i think about 10 races comes back in may uh you know runs the Coca-Cola 600 wins uh at Sonoma to lock himself in the playoffs and then he goes on to win the championship um you know, and now in, in, as you mentioned about the whole waiver thing, I mean, uh, whether it's illness, whether it's getting uh, injured in a NASCAR race, getting injured in a sprint car, getting injured on a snowboard, um, you know, the the way I look at now, the waivers have almost become like Oprah, you know, you get a waiver, you get a waiver, everyone gets a waiver. The idea that now there's really no, there's really no adage that, hey, you know, Hey, what, no matter what happens on track or off track, you can just apply for a waiver and it's going to be granted. Even even a driver causing another driver potential bodily harm in a race and getting suspended by NASCAR, but still gets approved for a waiver. So it's it, the whole system is inconsistent. Um, and, the whole and, I'll, I, and I'll tell you this, like if you look back in the history of them giving waivers, the only one that I think universally is accepted is the Kyle Busch getting injured at the Daytona 500 with a broken foot? Yeah, the Xfinity race. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I, I believe that was the only one universally amongst the fans going. It was in a race car. It was in a race. He deserves a waiver. Now, I'm not saying anything against active sporting events or people having hobbies. But you getting injured in snowmobiling or snowboarding or any other extracurricular activities doesn't dictate to you that you get a waiver. Exactly. Alex Bowman right now, um, he's been out of the race car for a couple weeks with a back injury for racing out of dirt track. That has been a saga that a lot of teams, Chris, have been fighting with these guys wanting to go race other, other cars, other things, etc. But here's the thing, though. And I think you can agree to me on this. There's time and place for that. And I think these guys have to pick and choose their battles. If you're making millions of dollars in in NASCAR, making a $25,000 to $30,000 at a dirt track or a dirt race that may or may not make a difference to you personally, or even the history of the sport, I don't see a point of driving driving it. Now, I can understand if a guy is doing the Chili Bowl, you can go through the list, Chris. I think we can go through the list of the the, the crown jewels of dirt racing and, and that kind of thing later on. But I think legitimately what Kyle Larson's doing is different than what Alex Bowman did. But I, I don't like this this waiver system. I don't I think Steve O'Donnell got a completely ass backwards. He put he, he stepped on the banana peel here. 
And I I don't know how else to put it. Well, What's I the pre now? It sets a terrible precedent now. Is so I can. You know, does that make sense? I think, you know, I think from it, it, it's like the idea of, OK, what what's, you know, don't don't do anything that affects your day job versus what's a passion point in your life. Um, I think that that's got to be a discussion that, that needs to be had. But, you know, unfortunately, the pa Pandora's box has been open. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't recall and I have to go. I'd have to go back and look and see if there have been any waivers not granted by NASCAR. I feel like maybe there was one. But I mean, they they give them they've given them out like like Halloween candy. Um, it's 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 just the scenario of what you're in right now. And I, I think a lot of it stems from the fact of obviously they're going to want to have Chase Elliott, you know, just in terms of eyeballs, they're going to want to have Chase Elliott in the in the playoffs. I mean, that's 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 then then Chris, then let's just put the the nail on the head here. Didn't it say that? Oh, I know NASCAR won't ever say yeah, that. Yeah, they won't say that. But I mean, just be just be upfront with the fans, going, "Hey, listen, he's our most popular driver. Yeah. It sucks that we got to take him out of the race for a week." But you know, also you got to put it in the fans' perspective too. A lot of fans, this you know, Worldwide Technology Raceway doesn't. I think they only get one date a year. Is that is that? Uh, and that's only relatively recent that they've gotten a one date a year. So yeah, fans are correct. spending and, and and fans are spending money, harder and money to watch a race, yeah. and maybe that's their favorite driver. I, yeah. I think in a reality situation sets in here that. NASCAR really needs to reevaluate how they also go about this as well as on the driver perspective. If you don't think for one second that every single driver should be dragged into the driver's meeting this weekend and have the media get the fuck out and slam that door shut and say what happened two weeks ago with Danny Hammond posting SMT data should never, ever happen again. You well, guys got, I, I, I think seriously, that is, that is the most, you played, I hate to say this, but that's I'm his gonna, personality. That's his person. I get it. Yeah. Chris. It's his personality. He wants to be a little crybaby. Uh, he didn't get his way. But because, you know, he, him and Ross Chastain have gotten fucking wrecked so many damn times. And he, you know, doesn't seem to understand that you keep fencing a guy. Oh, he's going to wreck himself. No shit. I hate to say it, but Denny Hamlin has a, a history of fencing people. Really does. He has a history of it. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I don't blame. I don't blame. I didn't blame. If Chase did that deliberately, I don't blame him. Cause that's the fifteenth uh, time he's done that in three years. That fencing a guy, and he said, yeah. "Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna wreck himself. He's not gonna I, wreck me." <laughs> I, I think, you know? I think, I think, really, from a perspective of, you know, like we can, we can look at it and say, you know, Denny was in the wrong. I mean, if you go back and watch the video, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say Denny's not done some dumb things on the racetrack, but when you go back and you look at the, you watch the replay of the accident. You know, these are split-second decisions. These are split-second, split-second things. But you look at it, you see the, you see the fire coming out of it. Like the, this one thing about the next-gen car that, in a way, is kind of good is that the way the dual exhaust ports go out is you could tell when a guy is lifting out of the throttle, and you could clearly see when Denny's car starts to get tight, and he starts sliding. You could see the the flames come out the exhaust. So he is trying to stay off of Chase. Now, when Chase comes off the wall, obviously he hooks him and sends him into the wall, and you know, and, and with the, the issues of this, I, I this think, car. I think legitimately, my statement about Danny Hamlin attempting to fence people is intentional, is based on his prior actions, not this one in particular. That's just me personally. Yeah. I, I've seen him do some serious, great things in a race car, but 
these guys have control of the race car. I think we can both agree to that. They're, they guys are not, uh, the, the cars don't drive themselves. So, and I, I'll, I'll say this, the NASCAR, the old school ways of getting dragged to the hauler should have been used here because both drivers are sitting at the damn track anyway. I know it's Charlotte. I know that, but at the same time, drag their asses. It's NASCAR's fucking spot. Believe me. Drag their asses in before we... I want your ass in my... If you're not going to be there at the hauler, I want to see your ass in my office come Tuesday. Here you go. I'm going to play devil's ad. I'm going to play devil's ad again here. And and I, and, I, and I might sound like a Denny Hamlin apologist. And believe me, I... You I, sound like I, it now, but I mean... Uh. I, I will say, I will say, you know, and, and I, he made no bones about it when, when you know, the similar incident happened with with his one of his drivers, Bubba Wallace, and Kyle Larson last year at Vegas, um, you know, he said that was a stupid move by Bubba, and he and there was no, there was no, uh, you know, there was no recourse when it came to NASCAR's uh, opinion on um, on suspending Bubba. Now, I will say, and and, and this is it, Denny, Denny in a way is, was savvy here because of the fact that he could call NASCAR's bluff. When he put that SMT data out, um, you know, he called now, he, you know, we'll use a phrase that's used heavily now. He brought the receipts. Like, Denny brought the receipts there. That, that's where I'm mad. I, I think he, and this is where NASCAR really just dropped the ball here completely. If you got the receipts, then slam them on the table where it matters, man. And in and, and, and social but, media, having the court of public opinion doesn't change the fact that. He got the one race suspension by NASCAR, but but, the, but that's the way that that's the way that he got he was able to get public opinion. He was that was the way he was able to get NASCAR to even do it. If he never if he did if he did it in a in a non public in a non public setting, there would what, what's to say that NASCAR would have said, well, you know, we we, we can't you oh, know. So you're so you're saying if he didn't post the SMT data and they had the same meeting I'm talking about like Mike Hilton used to do back in the day, that he wouldn't have gotten a one race suspension. I, I, I think that there is a, I think the chance, I'll, I'll say, I think the percentage, the percentage that it would have had, that this would have happened, that he would have got suspended would have been lower. Oh, well, okay. I, I, I can attend to that, but I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with the fact that if you had the Mike Hilton style esque meeting, okay. And I believe those style meetings work. It's called a come to Jesus meeting. If you watch days of thunder, it's the old school way where you get dragged to the office and then you're going to go ride to gonna ride together to go to dinner. No, that doesn't happen all the time. But I think this meeting, if it happened, it would. And you brought the receipts of the SMT data at that meeting. I, I just think seriously, it, I think NASCAR leadership is the one to look at, not so much the totality of the circumstances. Now, and and this is a broader point to this: is that the NASCAR's lack of leadership make Denny do what he did? Probably. I I, I complete a hundred percent that. It, the lack of quality leadership by Steve O'Donnell on situations of conduct made these guys police themselves or do things like this in the court of public opinion. I, I don't agree th that putting out this kind of stuff to the social media experts, as I call them, it gives them more, doesn't give more fuel to the fire. I just disagree with the fact that that's his personality. He cries about the smallest thing. He's an older driver. Congratulations. Your driver has gotten suspended for causing intentionally a caution, wrecking a driver intentionally. Believe me, 
I'm not going to go through my disdain of Bubba Wallace on this podcast because he does some boneheaded shit. So I just don't this I just don't like him as a driver. You a lot of fans on Twitter, I had this discussion, called me every dirty name in the book because I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan. I can care less about the social media sphere when it comes to what people think of me. But when it comes to race race fandom, I, I don't see how this doesn't help this doesn't negatively affect NASCAR. Elliot Elliot's out of the race this week, which by the way, um Seemed like a lot of fans enjoyed that race minus the lightning delay. And it was a decent weekend. Um, better better to be, not to transition to this, but at least you're better off than the guys that went to the Portland uh, all the way up there. And guys having two haulers break down and get a third breakdown. I mean, there's stories upon stories about the Xfinity cars and how struggle bus logistics was this week. But I, the reason why I want to segue into these guys at Xfinity is that because we saw the complete polar opposite of how boys will be boys and they police themselves and they handle it amongst the driver code, the unwritten driver code of, all right, I got you. And Chris, I think you can agree with me on this later in a second when I talk about it. John Hunter Nemechek and Sheldon Creed, I believe, are on the same team. Am I correct about that with JGR? Uh, no, well. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they're teammates, right? Is it Sheldon Creed? No. The Sheldon Creed drives for RCR and yeah, it's, and, it's our, and uh, Austin Creed and uh, and um, uh, Nemechek drives for Joe Gibbs or anything. They they drive they drive different. Okay, so my apologies on getting the completely ass backwards way of teams here, but the reason why I bring it up is because in the radio transponders between John Hunter Nemechek and uh, and his crew chief after it it kind of makes me laugh, but. Make a long story short on this. John Hunter gets into the right rear, spins out Creed, and about what about 10, 15 laps later. Yeah. Creed, yeah. Creed, pay, Creed gets to that point, <laughs> gets to his back bumper again and pays him right back. And uh in and, and, and a most showmanship way of doing it, Chris. I think I have to give him kudos to doing it in a a manner in which it's not like a right rear hook, but it's legitimately I move you out the way. You get the hell up out the way, and your day is basically gone from a top five to a top ten. You know, and that's that's how that goes. Yeah. You're no longer in contention for the win, and that's how that played out. I, I I I mean that was probably and then of course on the radio, I'm not sure if you saw you heard any audio on it. John Hunter Nemechek is like beside himself in the car, going, "How? Why did he do that? Oh, I yeah. don't understand. We're teammate, you know." And I'm like. Dude, it's called the receipts. <laughs> like every yeah. fan knows you had it coming. Like it's it's kind of one of those things. But NASCAR didn't enforce that rule. Didn't enforce anything. They didn't do a damn thing to the driver. You know why? Because the drivers handled it amongst themselves. It's also called aggressive driving. And speaking of aggressive driving, the Austin Cendric Austin Dillon saga of this week is the new Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, boo hoo, I got turned, crybaby of the week. Um, which I'm sorry, but Austin Dillon, just admit the fact that you got turned. It shit happens, dude. It's racing. I mean, arguably, Cedric can say, "Hey, listen, I I was there. I thought I was clear." Yeah, it, you know, all these drivers, they actually do have some. When they do have some intelligence, they don't all sound the same when they talk about things. And um, Chris, I think you can agree with me on this, but the, the, the Xfinity race, which by the way, NASCAR, the Cup level needs to have a race there. 
in my view, just because of the fact of how quick those damn laps are in Portland, dude. The logistics yeah. would suck getting there, though. I, I would have to. I feel bad for truck drivers, but um, I, I, I just, think I think it'll be interesting, to say the least. I mean, again, you can look at, you know, I think it's a little it's a little more challenging based on just the angles that we that that TV has and um, of, of really giving the eye test on whether Cindric, you know, turned Dylan intentionally or if it was a misjudgment or what it is. Obviously, the, the RCR folks are calling for, you know, Cindric to be suspended. Uh, a week. Uh, well, there, you know, there was there, there was there was all over Twitter, and this would make you laugh. TJ, TJ, and Kraft were going back and forth about it this morning, and apparently Kraft got shown some data that you know kind of goes contradicts the argument of not being suspended. But it just to me, I, I don't understand. Okay, the difference between aggressive driving and intentionally turning is, is different. And and where do you fall? Draw the line. Like in Chase Elliott, there was a the data which I'm not a complete SMT nerd, but it shows a complete ramp up of it, he guns the throttle and he turns it, and it's a yep. sudden it's a sudden quick jolt of it's not like a guy coming off the wall and he's getting his car straight. There's a difference in that data. I think a lot of people just misunderstand that guys need to get their car off the wall and straighten it, keep it going. Guys get it back going again, that kind of thing. But in this case with Denny and Chase, there was a quick uh, increase in horsepower and, and in acceleration and a very hard left, and it's on the data sheets. And I just go – in Chase's answer, I wish Marty was in that interview, don't you? Because <laughs> yeah, he asked Bubba Wallace. He asked Bubba Wallace the question <laughs> yeah. when that happened. And Marty, Marty Smith, man, knows his shit. And he's damn good pit reporter. Well, and... you can't. I know we're getting close to the end of wrapping this one up. But yeah. I, the thing, thing is, you can't. If you're a driver, you can't admit when you pay a guy back. You have to be somewhat cryptic about it. Um, some guys are better than others, and obviously. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Creed did that on the post race interview. But but the thing about <laughs> I think the difference between Creed and the, the difference between the two, like Creed and Nemechek, like they 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 basically fist bumped after the race because. Creed, you know, Nemechek knew he had it coming. So I think they both, when you, when, when you pay, when one guy gets you and then it come, the other guy comes back and gets you, like you basically have just, you just drew, you know, you basically the match came is, uh, the match was a draw. I mean, now you're, you're both, you both basically ruined each other's days. So at that point you're like, all right, we, you know. And that's where I think that like, I, I'll, I'll end it with this. And my narrative is always going to be this. Mike Hilton would have dragged your two dumb asses into the office, into the hauler. You would have squashed your shit or beat the shit out of each other one way or the other. And you would have walked about it, and I'm still going to give you a one-race suspension, but at least you get to say your piece to each other directly. Without the cameras, without the bullshit, without the media PR people, without the pit crews holding each other back like a bunch of pussies. You know, I, I, I'm just going to say this, dude. Like, I, I still believe that old-school mantra because that worked. <laughs> it worked. Guys respected each other on the track so much better when those meetings actually happened. You know why? Because they talked to each other, legitimately talked to each other, not behind a TV camera, not in front of the teammates and shit, and not in front of their pit crews, asking them what – like, I hate to say this, but to me it's disingenuous, Chris, and I'll end it with this. I think it's disingenuous when a guy gets out of a car and a KV camera is right there next to him 
and he goes walks to a guy that got maybe doored him or talks to him about running them really hard somewhere. Give me, give the guys 10 minutes, fuckers. Give the guys some fucking time. You know, let the guy decompress. And I know you're, you know, a lot of guys that can agree or disagree on me on this, but what's the point of having an immediate interview right after the race? They hell, they cut the damn post-race show out of the damn woodwork anyway on Fox. So what's the hell's the point? You're trying to get that heat. You're trying to get that heat of the moment, man. That's that's what it's all about. Then tell Fox to keep their post-race show on a little bit longer. Damn it! <laughs> it's like damn it. They cut the shit so damn short all the time. But all right, guys. So this being said, we're gonna call this one a a, a meeting of the minds here and say uh, Chase Elliott is still about 112 points back, I believe. Chris, is that correct? 110. Yeah, it, he's basically in a must win. He's got to win. Better finish top five every week. I mean, he's got for him to make the playoffs, he has to win a race. There's no top 30 anymore. We have to be the top 30 in points. So he has to, he has got to win before the uh, regular season ends in Daytona. I I will believe that I I will disagree. We'll agree to disagree on this one. I think he gets it on points, but there's plenty of opportunity for him to win a race. Uh, The schedules obviously are conducive for his race talent. Do I really personally agree that he should even get a waiver? No. That's why my point on exactly this con this this whole podcast was me ranting and raving about the shittiness of NASCAR's leadership. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will be an episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to like, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Have a good rest of your week. This is the Yankee Cowboy signing off. Chris, appreciate it, bud. Chat soon again. Yes, sir. All right, thirty-nine forty. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.